file into the book of Hosea, the second chapter. That is the book after Daniel. We want to... I want to use a thought that I think we all can sometime in our walk with God we've crossed these places and if you haven't you will the valley of trouble but in the valley of trouble a door of hope something that God will open not not just a valley but there's going to be a door in that valley that you can open up and walk in and receive what you need to receive from the Lord in Hosea the second chapter verse number 14 therefore behold I will allure her and bring her into the wilderness and speak comfortably unto her he's speaking of the church Israel and I will give her vineyards from thence in the valley of Achor for a, for a door of hope and she shall sing there as in the days of her youth as in the days when she came up out of the land of Egypt. And it shall be at that day, saith the Lord, that thou shalt call me Isha, and shall call me no more Bela. For I will take away the names of Balaam out of her mouth, and they shall no more be remembered by their name. Master, what a privilege it is to seek your face and to love you and to know you. Speak to your people, Lord, we pray today. We'll humbly praise. We'll give thee all the glory and your love. In Jesus' name. And everyone say amen. amen. You can be seated. <clears throat> I want us to turn to the book of Romans a few minutes and link something with this. The 8th chapter, verse number 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? I want to say this, I love this gospel. For it is the power of God and the salvation. There is no other gospel. There is none other. Now I'm going to get narrow-minded here for a few minutes. And I'm going to be at the place in a few minutes that probably some of you won't understand some things. But I believe this message, and you need to believe this message also, because it's going to be the salvation of your soul. Glory. I'll tell you what, hell will freeze over with ice water before I let Assembly of God preacher preach behind my pulpit. I mean it. You'll no longer see me. You say he's backslidden. You say, well, that doesn't mean that. It does. It reflects what you believe. What stands behind this desk reflects of what I believe. Because I put behind here who I want. And who I feel like that is the qualified of that part. It expresses what a person puts behind the pulpit expresses what they really believe. You say, are you stirred up about it? You're mighty right, I'm stirred up about it. I die for this glorious gospel. It is not the door of compromise. It's the hour we're living in today. 
but it is in the hour of separation. I don't care what the church world, or the, even the United Pentecostal church world goes into. Amen. We're still going to be separated from that which God brought us out of. Glory. Who shall separate us? Look at Romans, the 8th chapter, verse number 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or perils, or sword? For it is written, for thy sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, I want to tell you one. In the early years of Pentecost, we was not a socialized religious people. We was one that they throwed tomatoes at, rotten potatoes and everything else at. And if you've never stuck your finger into a rotten potato, you don't know what it smells like. People hated the truth of God. Amen. They called us narrow-minded. Amen. But today seems like we want to blend in. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I can't blend in. Amen. All these things were more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded, Paul said, that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor heights nor depths nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He only leaves one thing out, and that's children. In the days of old, when they had children that were disobedient, they stoned them to death. So that's the reason why he didn't put them in there. Woo! I want to, I want to go back to the book of Hosea. This is what the Lord dealt with me about yesterday evening. And he said, Therefore, behold, I will allure her. I will entice my people. I, in other words, he wouldn't drive his people, but allure them like, um, like when you first met your wife and you want to know what kind of perfume she's wearing. She was luring you. She was trying to get your attention. And this is what God said here to Israel. This is what I have, I have done. I have allured you. And therefore, behold, I have allured her and bring her into the wilderness and speak comfortably unto her. Speak peaceable words. And he speaks about, and it shall be in that day, saith the Lord, in verse number 15, I will give her vineyards from thence in the valley of Achor for a door of hope. I want to talk about the Valley of Achor for a few minutes, and let's turn to the book of Joshua, the seventh chapter. And uh, and it's and you know the story well, but I want to I want to rehearse, rehearse it just a little bit with you, as the Lord began to deal with me about it. In Joshua, the seventh chapter, verse number twenty-six. And they raised over him a great heap of stones unto this day. So the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger. Wherefore the name of the place was called the Valley of Achor unto this day. Now, what I want to bring to you is this, that 
One of the hardest things that I've ever had to do in my lifetime was not to scold somebody, but to tell someone, go on down the road, find you another church home, you're no longer welcome here, you can't come back. You ever done that? Yes, sir. I've had them fall to their knees. Please, Brother Davis, please. No, go on. Go on. Go on down. Go away. I've, I've put up here as long as I put up with you. This is, this is it. I can't, I can't take and stop the, the blessings of God in the assembly and let your spirit hinder the blessings of God. One man said to me, he said, has my spirit been that bad? I said, it's been worse. I said, it's worse than bad. I said, you're no longer welcome here any longer. You go on down the road somewhere. Where do you want me to go? I said, you choose wherever you want to go. You chose everything else in your life, so you choose it also. And the hardest thing that Joshua ever done in all of his life was to stick to his gun, so to speak, or to stay to the place where God had spoken to him what to do. I want to, it, uh, he said in the Valley of Acor, in a place of, of a memorial where great sorrow perhaps was, and blood was shed, even innocent blood, the children of uh, Achan and his wife, and uh, all that was the family, the animals, all was, because a man had a hunger for something that he should not have loved to do and something that God forbid him to be a part of. You know, it, I, I, I become troubled when people become so upset of things that bother them, that, that separate them from God's love. Uh, little things sometimes fairly big things but it seems like that it it keeps them from having the victory that they need to have instead of rallying to what God says well they'll get a chip on their shoulder and ride it for a long long time I can truthfully say a lot of things because I been around Pentecost all my life and the age of six years of age dad and mother carried us to all the family into an old time apostolic church a lot of things went on and, and I remember in my mind I can remember as well as yesterday that a lot of things were upsetting some believed that there wasn't enough love in the church one man built him a church down the street and called it the love church and he just loved everything in fact he loved them too much and that didn't last very long and then one would get mad because of this and and he'd take him a little following with him you know and then another one would get mad at something else and take a little following with him and that's how all these little places get started. 
is because he wouldn't line up, but yet he expects everybody else to line up under him. And but here we find that and God left some little things that which was big things in the eyes of the Lord, but he told them when they went to Jericho not to take anything that was belonged to them, but the silver and the gold, of course, belonged to the things of God, the ways of God, and and to touch not the unclean, the forbidden stuff. Here we find a man by the name of Achan that that um, he got um, he didn't feel like that was all that important, and like a lot of us sometimes we feel like well, that's not very important, you know, it just doesn't. Why make a big issue over something like that? Like I said a while ago, uh, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother you. If it doesn't bother you, well, it's a sign that you don't love what I love and cherish what I cherish and willing to separate for that which God has given us. But a little Babylonian garment and a little silver and gold and something that let me just put it this way, I've always, and I've preached it before, that something he couldn't wear. Um, and money he couldn't spend. There was no way that he could accomplish it. Reading the paper where uh, armored car, one of the men in the armored car killed the other man and took off a $300,000 and got into an old car and and the car broke down. The law helped him go on a little farther. They didn't know who he was. And, and um, he had so much money that finally they caught him. And, and uh, of course, going to lose it all. Beside, all because he decided that he wanted to be a rich man, I guess, one day. And so he just killed a man in order to do so. Aiken, maybe perhaps I've heard it preached where he talked to his family and Showed them what daddy had gotten, but you can't tell nobody now. But, but anyway, that it caused an upset into the Israel to the fact that when they went to Ai, they was no longer victorious. They no longer was the power of God was with them, but God let thirty-six men die at Ai. Now. Let me just bring it into our services. The Lord's leading with me this morning here. That the people, instead of getting behind, which they finally did, Joshua as they did, uh, I'm sure that many of them said, well, probably we can work out this problem. God said to send the camp. And when they're sent in a camp, well, then there cannot be the victory as it needs to be. You know, what I don't understand is why people won't repent and, and admit and say, God, help me and forgive me instead of walking away with bitterness and dying and going to hell with it. Amen. But Hosea put it this way, in the Valley of Achor, there's hope in the Valley of Achor. In the midst of your deep, 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 unmovable trial, 
one that it seems like you can't get over, can't get around it, can't get under it, just can't get anywhere. God will put a door there of hope. They were, they went to Ai and the victory was there and men became killed and man, they came back to Joshua and Joshua said, uh, uh, man, he rent himself and his garments and he began to pray and seek God and God said, uh, send in the camp. Yeah. It wasn't no compromising thing of for Joshua to, to compromise with God. God said, you got to get rid of it. You got to get rid of it. And you know, it's so sad that how we feel like that we can cover up things and things just, I mean, God will, <laughs> he'll bless it. You know, I mean, shady. And, I mean, yeah, God will take care of it. Yeah. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same God, the same God. I want you to stay with me for a few minutes here. The place where the heap of stones was at. Uh, I mean, usually, we're living in a day that I talked to one of the presidents of our Bible school many years ago. And he taught a subject in the Bible school that how to rebuke a man. He said he's supposed to do it with kindness. I looked at him, I said, kindness? Where did you come from, Morley? Where did you, you learn this junket? How can you rebuke somebody with kindness? And, and put honey on it and everything else, you know. I'll tell you what my pastor told me. He straightened up or get out of here and don't you ever come back. I mean, I don't think there's a whole lot of kindness there. I walked down the aisle with my pastor one time. He shook hands with a woman. He said, when are you going to get your lipstick off and start living for God? She said, I don't belong to this church. He said, why don't you get out of here then? I thought, my Lord, he's hard, you know. There was no kindness there. But yet he run and had the biggest church there was in the whole state. And people wondered, well, how can this be? I remember one woman came up and and I heard him whisper something in her ear. And I was real cautious to, I was a minister and I wanted to hear what they had to say because maybe someday I may have to use what they're saying, this wisdom that they got, you know. And I overheard him say, sit down and don't get up anymore. And I'm, I'm sitting there, <laughs> mm. is this what it's all about, you know? I'm just being home right now. Joshua said, well, if we're sitting in the camp, let's find it. And he come to the tribe and where Achan was at and said, give praise to the Lord. And here was a man, read it for yourself in this book here. He said, I have sinned. I have took a Babylonian garment. I have took the silver and the gold and I have hid it in the, in the foot of my tent. And 
Everyone got up and said, now, now Joshua, now, you can't stone him. That's not the proper way to do it. I mean, we've got so many new angles and ways, and um, now we have the, we got a meeting going on in a few months in another state, got a meeting going on, it's going to show us how to win a lot of people, how to uh, be a thriving church and a successful church. And the Trinitarian preacher is going to get to talk to us preachers and one God preachers to tell us how we can do it. And I'm going. I mean, if they had it, they'd know what truth was. And I'm going to listen to someone else that don't have truth. I mean, wonder what it had been like to, if Joshua said, you know, I need to get somebody else. I need to go over here and get the, the spiritual leaders of AI over here and see what they do in a situation such like this, you know. It portrays what Joshua was. He said, we're going to stone them. And you know, really, I, in situations, it's just, a man told me one time, he said, it was a church that split right down the middle because they got into an argument over of a pie. A widow woman in the church had made the pastor a pair of pie, and he had too many pies, and he couldn't eat them all, and and so he threw the one away, and he happened to throw the wrong one away, and he threw away the one that the widow woman had made and on a pension for all the things. And they decided that they couldn't understand why anybody would... This woman was on a limited income. She took everything she could make in order to get this pie to bake it for the preacher, and, and he had the audacity to throw it away. And some of them got mad, and finally the church split right down the middle, and half went out and said, "We ain't gonna sell her a man like that. It's such, just there's no reason for that." These people were crying in the camp of, of, of Joshua. They were 36 men that died. There was no victory. There was no, God wasn't there. And the song that they had was not the song that they needed of praise. This is what Hosea picked up. He said, I lured them over into into the wilderness and I brought them there but yet in this valley of, of weeping because of death because of one man and his family and the one man because of him was the death of 36 men of the Israelites and everyone got together and said, let's do what God says. And the Bible said, and they stoned them there. And there wasn't no separation. Everybody agreed together. Now, in 1997, it's like this. Well, I just don't understand why it's like that. 
I don't understand why it wasn't handled differently. But here we find that in this valley of the lowest, the valley that was, that was so hard for, they was crying, there was, there was death. And here was, a, here was a woman and her children, all of them died. When it looked like that we'd have been in the hour of today, we'd have said, well, well, they didn't do anything. Why stone them? But in the midst of this problem, in the midst of this, I want you to look at verse number 12, starting with verse number 11, but verse number 10 in, in chapter 7. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Get thee up here forth, thou this upon thy face. Israel has sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them, for they have even taken the accursed thing, and have also stolen and and dissembled also, and they have put it even among their own stuff. Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before the enemy, but turned their back. You know, let me just put it this way. When people are not praying through, when miracles are not happening, and there's not a song in the heart of an individual, something's wrong. Achan could not praise the Lord. Achan could not have the songs in his heart toward God. Praise the Lord. Give praise to the Lord. He said, well, I can't. You know, we use so many reasons why that we can't praise him and love him. It's because of, well, the problem or I lost my job. So you lost your job. God said, I'll take care of you. He said, in the valley of Achor, in the valley of stone, and he said, I will open a door and give you vineyards there. That's what he said in Hosea. In the midst of trouble, if you'll hold yourself tight in the midst of it, I want to bear this in. In the midst of that trouble, that problem, glory, that, I mean, I, I can't get over what has come to me. I might as well say it. There's a lady in this church that she said, I just can't live on what I'm making, brother. I just can't. I, I have more bills than what I, 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 I can do. I, I just can't live on what I'm making. I've got too many notes that I've got to pay, a place to live, and, and, and transportation. I'm, and I'm very reasonable. I've done everything I know to do. I don't know what to do. And she said, and all of a sudden she said, oh, by the way, the ties that I'm putting in is not what I'm making. Is what I need to make in order to break even. I looked at her and I thought, well, now, wait a minute now. That don't hardly make good sense, really. You're, paying, you're in a tight to begin with. And you're going to give more than what you ordinarily give because you're in a tight. And this is what you want to give because you can't, you don't have it, but this is what you want to give because this is what you got to have in order to make the bill. Yeah. And about two months later went by, I'll never forget when she came up here and she's, 
Boy, a smile on her face. She jumped. <laughs> Praise God, Brother David. Woo, I feel good. I said, what happened? She said, that which I wanted to make. The boss called me in, gave me a raise, and gave me that which I wanted to make, and that's what I'm making now. Exactly what I put in. See, God knows how to put a song in the midst of a valley. In the midst of a valley. But what I want to, what I want to bring to you this morning in, in this particular setting right now is the fact that that it looked like it was hopeless, There's, there was no victory nowhere. But when they, in the valley of Achor, he said in the valley of Achor. Keep your finger in Joshua, but I want to turn back over to the, the book of he, the Hosea. He said, therefore will I allure her and bring her into the wilderness and speak comfortably unto her. To entice her. And he said, I will give her vineyards from this and the valley of Achor. This is going this trial, this hard trial, <clears throat> it's gonna be a door of hope. When there's no hope, that's the door. But how are you going to find that door? I want you to look at this here again. And the valley of Echor for a door of hope. And she shall sing. In the valley that, where there was no song. David was in this valley one day. He said, someone said, play your harp. He said, harp? Man, I can't play my harp. He said, how can I play my harp in a strange land? In other words, he'd been drove out of Jerusalem. His son had reigned, was reigning in Jerusalem. And there he was, somebody wanted him to sing a song. He said, no, I can't sing a song. He said, I got my harp hung on the willow tree. In other words, when you look at a willow tree, it's just always like it's bagging her limbs down, you know, just like some people, you know, just, just. How are you? Don't answer it. Oh, it's down. Amen. But if you could realize that God's going to look at you and see how you handle that situation, is how big of a door you're going to come walking through. I had a man say one time to my dad, said, he said, strange thing, he said, seem like you can fall in a ditch and walk out with a new suit on. Dad said, I've always been faithful to the Lord. In the midst of trouble, in the midst of everything falling apart, at the midst of, just can't put things together. It's impossible. Then there's going to be a, can I say this? I remember about 12 years ago, 13 years ago, in the old building up there, Brother Johnny McFall had been married too long. He'd been evangelizing, and, and he, uh, he was preaching in East Texas, and uh, he thought he'd call somebody, and he happened to pick up the phone at the wrong time. 
pastor was talking to another preacher where he was going to go preach later on. The man was asking him how he preached. <laughs> uh, you don't want him. Too hard. Ain't no sense of a man being that hard. I mean, the way he preaches, he's just too hard. And when he got through, he's, of course, he didn't know, the pastor didn't know that Brother McFall was listening on the other line. And he'd heard all the compliments what the pastor said. And he closed the revival, and he was sitting over there, and he was, he had his harp hung on the willow tree, you know. And I walked up to him one Sunday morning. I'll never forget it. And I said, Thus saith the Lord, that which you've asked for shall come to pass. Open thine eyes. In a few weeks it will all happen for you. And boy, he smiled and praised God and worshiped the Lord. And two weeks later, he went to Evadale. He said, Man, I can't believe how quickly it happened. Because he got to the valley of Achor. And it just didn't look like there was no hope at all. He just looked like it was all, it was all just, there was no, no use of trying to put it together. He's in the valley. You know, like some of you are this morning. Oh, my Lord, I'm so far down, it'd take a miracle to get me out. Well, it's like a man told me one time, he said, how'd you get to Dallas? He said, no, I want to know. He said, Who'd you know in Dallas? I said, I didn't know nobody. Well, how'd you get there? I said, you ever hear of Jesus? <laughs> Glory. Have you ever heard of the Lord? I'm just, you don't understand. I mean, I mean, nothing balances out. I mean, everything's zero minus. And, and like a man said one time, he had his soil tested for... A septic tank and and uh, he said from one to ten ten was good that it would accept it and one was it wouldn't accept it at all and he said when he got his report back it was minus ten it didn't want it you know and I mean there's no way of doing it well it has to be some way because others are living around there I mean you ain't the only one that's ever been down so far that you couldn't get up. I think there's been a few other trials come along that others have walked through and shook the dust off of their feet and said, Woo! Finally got through it! Hallelujah! <coughs> and what I want to bring to you this morning is more than anything else. All of Israel didn't get mad at what Joshua had done. He said, every one of you, pick up a stone. Let's get together. And when God saw all Israel together, you know, we get so low and we try to figure things out. And, you know, two and two is still four, you know. And sometimes in God's math mathematics, maybe three. I don't know. I've got so far down, I said, God, have you forgot where I live? I mean, God, I, I got a problem. I, 
I live at 217 Manhattan Boulevard. God, you forgot my address and been so long since I got any mail from you. And I mean, it seems like nothing's working out and God, I really need you. I'll never forget one time I was in Mississippi and I was in a rocking chair and it had been several days since I'd really gotten. And I finally said, Lord, is these prayers going through? Do you really hear me? I said, if, if this is you and if you really know what's going on, I said, could you give me just a little inkling to know that you're listening? And about that time, I mean, he gave me a gully washer. I like to tore that rocker up. I said, thank you, Lord. That's what I needed. But you know, when are we as, as Christians going to grow up to the fact that God knows where we're at, what we're doing, to grow up? Amen. And all of Israel got together and throw the stone. Now the church world today says, I think we need to have a meeting and discuss this thing. No, they all got together and they stoned him. And you know there was tears and eyes because they was cousins and aunts and uncles. And it was there. You know there was, was it easy to do? I want you to look, is it easy to tell someone to go on and get out of here? Um, I mean, I, I've walked out of this place with, with just, God, are you sure I did what was right? I mean, are you sure, Lord, am I? Is this what you really want? Don't you imagine Joshua after he'd done that and boy God that's that's pretty hard. Uh, this assignment that you gave me to do and his cattle and everything like that. Uh, instead of splitting Israel all over, it it brought them together. And it put the song back in the heart of the people and the praise in the people. I was, um, I'd watched and I'd seen God move many ways and many things and I'll never forget, my son brought it back to my memory this week, he's talking about Brother Leo Upton came here many years ago in the old church and he asked me, he said, anybody around here don't have the Holy Ghost? I said, no, they all got the Holy Ghost. And How about the small children? I said, um, well, a lot of small children don't have it. And he got them all up on the front seat of the old church over there, and he, on one other seat, and he said, now, I want, I want you to look at me, and I want you to put your eyes on me. And he said, I want you to get the Holy Ghost tonight. There's about eight, I guess, seven or eight altogether, and uh, I, I watched him, and I watched the skilled hand of him as he was molding them little hearts and he asked him to come up and when he got him up there he said now you, you watch brother Upton now you keep your eyes on me now 
And when I tell you something, it's just going to happen, just like I tell you it's going to happen. And he won their confidence so much that when he laid hands on them, every one of them, within just a few minutes, received the Holy Ghost. All of them did. And it was so amazing to, to watch the, the hand of the Master walking with skilled hands through his servant as he, he began to, to pray through. But when there's, when there's things in the assembly that's, that's not right, how can God overlook all of this to, to show his hand? How could he give victory to Ai when there was a man that had stolen garment and silver and gold in his tent that was under the ground, you know? And all because of a family that you say, well, well, I'm not right. I'm just not going to come back to church no more. Yeah, I would too. I'd just stick my head under an old bushel basket somewhere and pout, mully grub, and get mad, you know. I remember my dad used to tell the grandkids, one of them wouldn't get his way, he started crying. He said, oh, come on, man, you can do better than that. Come on, cry. And he said, come on, get with it, man, cry. Come on, cry. And finally the boy was, he, he realized he was doing a foolish thing. And he wouldn't cry at all. <laughs> you know, glory. I mean, uh, really, I wonder what it would be like if we just... Tell the devil, you leave me alone. And I'm going to do what's right because I'm going to have a song. You see, Israel did not have a song in their heart. And everyone say, praise the Lord. Praise Amen. These were God's orders, amen, to, to do this. 12 through 15 says, says, stand up, sanctify the people, verse 13. Sanctify yourselves against God of Israel. For there is a cursed thing in the midst of thee. Israel, thou canst not stand before thine enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you. What I'm saying is to believe what you believe and know that you believe it. Thank God for what you believe. Glory. I know he can do it. I was, I was preaching in Ohio in Brother Robert's church a few months ago and, and there wasn't nobody there that had, didn't have the Holy Ghost. And so I happened to think about, well, what about the children? And uh, he had four children there, seven, eight years of age, something like that. And I got me a chair, and I got him up on the, beside the front of the platform. I just pulled me up a chair. And I said, I want you to look at me. I want to talk to you. God's going to perform some miracles. God's going to be the Holy Ghost. And I began to build their faith. Yeah. And I said, when, when I get ready, I said, I'm going to lay hands on you. And I said, you're going to talk just like mom and daddy does in the spirit. And a few minutes when I laid hands on the first one, started talking tongues, laid hands on the second, started talking tongues, third and fourth. All four of them talking tongues. Within five minutes, and Brother Robert said, they're going, I'm going to tell you what, this thing will work. Oh, yeah. 
And Joshua knew that if he could get the sin out of the camp, everything, what I'm trying to bring to you, why get mad when someone else gets mad? If they want to go to hell, let them go. If someone else wants to be rebellious, let them be rebellious. But leave me alone. Hallelujah. If our UPC preachers want the assemblies of God and the rest of the people, come and preach. Let them preach. But they're not preaching here. Because they're not going to portray that image. Glory. Hallelujah. Don't take away my power. Glory. There's power in the name. There's glory in the name. Glory. Let the world go to hell if they want to. But we're not going. What are we going to do? We're going to build an assembly. We're going to build a church. We're going to build a monument for God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If your children want to send you to hell, well, go on. But I'm not going. And they're not going to send me there. Praise God. You can be seated. So one falls by the wayside. I hate it. I weep and cry. But let him go. But save the glory. Let's lift our hands and love the Lord. God, we love you. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. All Israel took sides with Joshua. Verse 25 tells us that because that Joshua said, Why hast thou troubled us? Why hast thou troubled us? The Lord shall trouble thee this day. And all Israel stoned him with stones. And they burnt them with fire after they had stoned them with stones. What a price. What a price to save the glory. It was called the Valley of Achor under this day. And that goes into where that he spoke of in the book of Hosea when the prophet picked it up and he said, Therefore, behold, I will allure her and bring her into the wilderness and speak comfortably unto her kindness, sweet words. And I will give her a vineyard, vineyards from thence and from the valley of Achor for a door of hope. And she shall sing there as in the days of her youth. The old songs of Zion. See, the song was gone. There was no more there was no more praise. There was no more there was there wasn't victory there. There was they didn't have a song. They had to have they had to have someone teach them to to sing because they just couldn't sing right. They they just didn't have a song. And what he was saying was, I want to restore my love for Israel like it was when they came across the sea when they all got together and began to sing. The Lord hath delivered us the horse and a rider in the sea. And Miriam took her temple and she danced before God. But the dance wasn't there. Can I say that the world has come into our churches and took the dance away? 
took the glory. Last Sunday night was a beautiful Sunday night after about 45 minutes, probably a prayer after my son preached. And I heard someone go, and I thought, who's that? And I couldn't figure it out. And I walked away. I said, boy, that beautiful. Sister Bennett. Oh, I said, that's beautiful. He said, i never done that. Well, God might let you sometime. I've seen them laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh. I've seen some talk like chickens, really. I've seen all the reactions of, of the Spirit of God. Glory. You ain't lived until you've seen some things such as that. But the song, Glory. I remember when I first got to the Holy Ghost, well, I was happy. My Lord, I was happy. My sins had been rolled away, Brother Noel. It just, I felt so good. Walked down the streets, insurance man in Jackson, Mississippi, and, and uh, I was talking in tongues, loving God. And I know people turn around. No, I wasn't crazy. I had a song in my heart. Oh, how I love Jesus. Let me ask you, has the devil took the song out of your heart? Are you in, I'm preaching several in this building this morning. The Valley of Achor has took the song away. But God told me that there's a door. There's a door of hope in the valley. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod, thy staff, they comfort me. He said, you'll walk through it. You'll walk through it. Glory. But the only way that Israel could walk through that valley was that they had to be a heap of stones put there. They had to, he had to let that, some of them things die. Some of your problems, you're just going to have to just throw it in. And, there it is. Keep it. I mean, he died because he was guilty. People die in the church because they don't want to live right. They die. And we cry, we mourn, we sob, but not to the place that I want to overlook or miss the door that God gave me to look through. Amen. Everyone say, praise the Lord. He said, I will open the door of blessing. And when the door of blessing comes, it'll be after the valley of Achor. You will sing when you see the vineyards and the fertile valleys that, that are there that God hath given you. Amen. And what he was saying, this is just the first installment of it. Just the first blessings of it. What did he promise you? 
What did God promise? He promised you that he'd watch over you, he'd protect you. I haven't asked him for much. I asked him for these things when he called me to preach his word. I said, God, I asked you to feed me, to clothe me, to shelter me, and to give me my needs. That's all I asked you for. I asked you for nothing else. Nothing else. I do not deserve anything else. All I ask you for, Lord, is just take care of my needs. And that's what he said here in the Valley of Achor. He said in the Valley of Achor, in the, in the Valley of Trouble, Distress, in other words, disappointment to a, a place, but yet sin destroyed. He said he put a door there. And he sent them to Ai. When, he went to, when they went to Ai, the victory was great. And this was the beginning of the, the vineyards. The beautiful vineyards and so forth was there. And the food that was there. Glory. I, I told the Lord a while back, I said, God, you've been so good to me. I can literally say and stand here and tell you I have ate the fat of the land. I've eaten what I've wanted to eat. And the Lord has blessed me to give what I wanted to give to see or to go where I wanted to go. He's been good to me. I have no complaints. And when you get out of that valley that you're in and take a stand for God, like you need to take a stand for God, you'll come out and there'll be a door there. In, 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 the, in the valley of Achor, a door. Look what he said. He said, I will give her vineyards from thence. And a in of the valley and the valley of Achor for a door of hope. And she shall sing there. In other words, a song. I used to sing as a small child in the old Pentecostal church. And they used to call on me almost every service. When I went back to the old street services and stuff, West Virginia and so forth, they'd always want me to sing on the stage and, and my sister would play and usually she'd play sometimes she didn't want me to sing but when I left the church got out of the church I never had the Holy Ghost I never sung no more for years and years and years and years but when he gave me the Holy Ghost he put a song back in my heart to love him some of you have lost your song this morning. You don't have the song that you used to have. You don't have the, the spring in your step that you used to have. It's not because of God, but it's because of you. God hasn't shortchanged you. You've shortchanged him. In the midst of a trial and trouble, God said, I'll open a vineyard. I'll give you a vineyard to eat the fat of the land. I want us to look at some things here. You know, it's strange what 
the great victory and the door blessing was open when they went to AI and everything was so beautiful and they saw the, some of the first installments of God of what God was blessing them with. There were nights of weeping but always brings a blessing in the morning. Amen. A song in the heart. There's a difference between a song and a song from the heart. A lot of different, a lot of difference. Some people sing with their lips, but then there's others that sing with their heart. I love to hear someone sing from their heart than to someone that would sing with their lips. They may mumble, they may sing country or whatever the way they want to sing, but as long as when they sing from their heart, it's just different. I always pray, God, you know my heart. God, you know everything about it, God. God wants to put a song in our hearts. Wouldn't it have been beautiful through the years if the church would have bound together like Joshua's people bound together and they took away the accursed and stoned the accursed and destroyed it instead of agreeing with them? I'm in the Holy Ghost this morning. Let's go a little bit farther. God's saying, really, says, don't fear them, just trust me. Amen. Amen. Get the world out, and uh, you'll feel what you need to feel. I'll restore the song in the heart. I want you to look at verse number 16. And it shall be in that day, saith the Lord, that they shall call me Isha. And this word, Schofield puts it like this. He said, you're my husband. That's my husband. That's my one that I'll submit to, my one that I love. I love the Lord so much is what they're saying here. It shall be in that day, saith the Lord, that they shall call me Ishmael, oh, my Lord, my God, and shall call me no more Balaam or a, a type of God, a name of God. For I will take away the names of Balaam out of her mouth. I will take away the, the heathen gods and the heathen ways and the heathen things out, out of her mouth, and they shall no more be remembered by their name. They'll forget about who they are, but remember him. Hallelujah. Everyone say, praise the, Lord. praise the Lord. Two words he's saying here. He said, I'm going to change. They're going to, they're going to change their belief in me and their ways in me because they know that I'm going to hear their cry. Amen. No longer a worldly appetite. No longer the things that of the world will desire them, but I will, they will, they will, I will be a husband to them. They shall serve me out of love and not out of fear. There's a big difference. Some people live for God because of the fear of being lost. Others love him just because they love him. Glory. That little piece of marriage license that I bought years ago to marry my wife, that doesn't mean anything to me. That doesn't spell out anything. Marriage is much more deeper to me than just a piece of paper. But it's a love bond contract of two 
coming together. A contract. And that's what he's saying here. We don't serve him out of fear, but we serve God out of love. You, you love somebody because of, of the love, that, the beautiful love that he's, he's shown to you. Praise God. No longer the worldly appetite, no longer the things, but it means I'm married to him and I love him. Amen. Why is it that so many people become lost over because the, the first little thing, it doesn't go right? I want you to, I want, to look at, I want you to look at some men here, and we're going to close in a few minutes. But in the book of Job, I want us to turn there just for a minute, 42nd chapter. Forty-second chapter of the book of Job. And verse number 12. Now when we first read about Job, he lost his family, his cattle. He lost everything. But now the attitude that Job had in all these chapters was that he kept his integrity with God. Let me just, before you all begin too much reading, he kept his integrity. Can I say, through the worst of trials, do you keep your integrity? In the Valley of Achor, can you keep your integrity? Can you keep your, can I put it like in our language, keep your cool or keep yourself under control? Because in the valley of Achor, he said, it's going to be a door of hope. But I want you to look. He said, so the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than the beginning. For he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 8,000 yoke of oxen. And if a person had one yoke of oxen, they was rich people. And 8,000 she-asses. He also had seven sons and three daughters. And he called them names by the first Jeremy and goes into the names of it. Verse 15, and there were in all the land were no women found so fair as the daughters of Job. And their father gave them an inheritance among their brethren. And after this, Job lived a hundred and forty years and saw his sons and his sons' sons even four generations. So Job died being old and full of days. I want to tell you something. How you handle yourself in the midst of a trial is going to make your determination of where you're going or what you're going to receive after you come out of it. Amen. God help us. He said in the valley of Achor is a door of hope. What I'm telling you, you ain't went through no trials like these men have went through trials. And God brought them out. And you think God is a respecter of person that he's not going to bring you out. He will bring you out. Amen. Amen. Why do you say that, Brother Davis? Because I got confidence that I know that he will. In First Peter, the second chapter, 
I want you to look at something here. First Peter, the second chapter, verse number nine. But he said, but you are a chosen generation. Can I tell you something? You didn't come here because you wanted to come here. There was something got behind you and said, get in there. It was something that pushed you in here. And you like to say, well, it was my mom-in-law, father-in-law, dad, or... No, 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 no. Or something caused you all of a sudden to... That, that alluring, the alluring, that's what he spoke of in Hosea. I lured them. A royal. I want you to look at this here. He said, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people unusual people that you should show forth praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into this marvelous light which in times past were not a people but are now the people of God which had not attained mercy but now you've obtained mercy dear beloved I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims abstain from filthy lust and war again which war against the soul but I, what I wanted to bring to you this morning was the fact is that we are a holy people. Unusual people. Sister Mills, I want you to come. I want you to look at something here as we summarize this all up to close. All of everybody, all the AI, Jericho, all the places, all the ites and so forth that was in the Bible, speak about the Hittites and all, and uh, the rest of the ites, they all said, that's God's people. They're peculiar, they're unusual, they're different. And they knew that when they came there that God was going to work with them and is going to obtain favor from God because it's God's people. And that's what we need to realize, that we are God's people. You are God's chosen. Glory, he chose us. He chose us. He chose us. And so when something's wrong, we need to bind together and destroy the force or the enemy or the one that's causing the separation from the victory. Amen. I want us to close by, I thought this was so beautiful that a man wrote it, not even an author's name to it. But he wrote it like this. I walked a mile with pleasure. She chattered all the way, but left me none the wiser for all she had to say. I walked a mile with sorrow and every word said she, but all the things I learned from her when sorrow walked with me. You know, the mountains are beautiful. My wife don't like them. She don't want to be around them, don't want to drive up around them, nothing. I guess she's 
scared going to fall off. I think they're beautiful to look at. Mountains are beautiful. I look at them, stargaze, and look at them. But there's no vegetation up there. Cattle can't grow up there. And really, it's not much, just beautiful to look at. Can you remember all the beautiful blessings of God, what God hath done for you? When you was going through them, oh, it looked... It looked good and everything was beautiful. But you, that old devil will bring back every valley that you ever went through. All I've ever had is trouble since I walked with God. When I first got in the church, I was always used to making big money. This was taken away from me and that was taken away from me. I prayed God help me. I used to see people stand and say, I'll give $100. I'd cry and cry and cry, God, if you'll help me, I'll give. I can't give. I will give if you'll help me to give. I remember setting many of services, and God, maybe someday she can help me where I can give. I used to have it, but don't have it now. I tried to make ends meet and couldn't make them meet. I wanted to be do what was right and I just didn't have enough to go around. I caught myself going to the little nest egg I had and pulling money out every month and in order to pay my tithes and to do what was right and give to God that I need to give to God. First year of my walk with God, I said many times, God's never blessed me. Only with his feelings, his power, but monetarily wise, everything I turned fell. But I said, I love you. I'll love you all the days of my life. I'll worship you. And one day, God turned it. God turned it. I'll bring you out of the valley of Achor, and I'll set an open door before you, and I will bless you. I'll never forget in the long hours of prayer, God spoke. He said, for as I was with Abraham, so I'm with you. As I spoke to John on the Isle of Patmos, so I speak to you. I will bless them and bless thee, and I will curse them and curse thee. For I am the Lord. That's all I want, Lord. Oh, I love you, Lord. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Got a problem? Got a big problem? Just hold faithful. Be faithful. Fight sin. Denounce that you love him. That you're going to live for him. Whether anyone else lives for him or not, you're going to live for him. Make up your mind. And when you do, 
when you decide to destroy everything that's unlike God, there'll be a door there right in the valley of Achor. And then he'll let you walk through that door. You'll find the vineyards. You'll find the things that's been lacking that you wanted so long. Shall we stand and lift our hands to the Lord? I have not painted a fairy tale. I've told you what thus the Lord wanted me to bring to you this morning. When you're in the valley, you can't go much lower than what you are. But if you'll hold fast, and you be strong in God, that valley will turn to an open door with a door handle on it, and you'll walk through it. And when you walk through it, you'll be better than you ever was before. Shall we lift our hands? Let's love him, everyone. Oh, my Lord, help us, God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah.